Last night, uh, I said that uh, the best presents that we get are the ones that we didn't know we wanted. Uh, the ones that we didn't necessarily ask for, they want, weren't on our list, but we get them and we love them. Did anybody else get one of those this, this morning? I see some hands come up. I see some hands come up. Well, hey, I'll just tell you this. In, in June, I'm going to see George Strait and Chris Stapleton. I didn't know. I had no clue. Was off my radar. And I get to go see the king of country. And uh, I feel redneck this morning. I, you know, I thought I should have wore a cowboy hat to preach, but uh, I'd have to buy one. <laughs> uh, I, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I feel like there's probably a lot of you who, who got things that you, uh, you didn't know you were getting. And, man, that's my hope from last night and where we shared last night was that, man, there would be somebody walk away who did not come in looking uh, to find the gift of Jesus, but, but found them. And that's obviously in my prayer every time we get up and we open up God's word is to make much of, of Jesus. Because here's what, I, here's what I believe. And this is actually my big truth this morning. It's that the gospel is good news. That the gospel, the, 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 it literally means good news, that the gospel of the Bible is good news. Last night I was cheesy and I said that, you know, Jesus is the, the best present ever, is the best pre present ever given. And I believe it. I believe it's the best news there has ever been. So I'm going to jump with you. Just go ahead and jump in this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8. And um, starting in verse 8, we'll read. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will, will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that he had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. At the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Here's my first big idea as we get started this morning. And the first thing I want you to see in this text, when, when the angels appeared, what was the emotion to the, of the shepherds, it's fear. It's fear. That was that was the emotion. And we think of the Christmas story. We don't often think of fear. And so my my first big idea that I want you to see is that when you encounter Jesus, your fear turns in to faith. Now, 
in each of the birth announcements of John the Baptist and of Jesus, when the angel visits both uh, Elizabeth, Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, their first emotion was actually fear. It was, it was, it was, it was to be scared. And, and uh, you know, we think about angels. We don't necessarily think about angels as, as being scary. But, but apparently the awe, when you see them, you're awestruck. And you're struck with fear. But then the angels heard him, heard, heard the, the shepherds rather, heard the angels speak. And when they spoke, when he spoke to them, they obviously began to believe what it was that the angel was saying. They left and they went to the, to the scene. They went to where Joseph and Mary were and where Jesus was. And their, their, their fear turned into faith. They left. He says, fear not. That's the instruction. Fear not. We can trust the Lord. We, we talked just a few weeks ago that saving faith is faith that trusts. It's, it's not just saying, hey, I believe that thing. Saving faith says, no, I trust. I trust what, what the Bible is saying is true. I trust, for the, in their instance, what, what it is that these angels are saying is true. For us, it's we're trusting what the scriptures say are true we're trusting God for salvation. And then that leads to this, this passivity uh, we talked about that, that that means we're entrusting. That means we're not acting. We're not, you know, when you have fear, you either, you either flee or you fight. And they didn't do that, right? Their fear turns to faith. You know that because of the fact that they stay and then they do what it is that they're, they're told to do. And so... Um, you, see, you see them begin to believe. And he brings them this good news. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why they should not fear. This is why you and I should not fear. The, we, we fear the Lord because we're commanded to fear the Lord, but that fear turns into this faith because it's good news. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so here is the good news of the gospel right there. That, that, that the good news is that the joy will be for all people. And so here we even see in the birth announcement that this is, this is the Savior of the whole world. This isn't just the, the, the Savior of Jewish people. This is going to be the Savior of the whole world for, for all who will believe. And that he is going to be Christ the Lord. That he is going to be the one who's in charge. He's going to be the, the ruler. This is who is born. And so, and suddenly there was a multitude of angels. And, and as this celebration happens on this Christi, Christ, Christmas morning, the, this, this time where Jesus was born, this night where Jesus was born rather, there was a multitude of angels and so they believed. How could they not believe? So listen to verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And when 
And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Here's the next thing that I, I, I want you to see what happens when you encounter Jesus. Your faith leads to worship. That's what happens when you encounter Jesus. When, when you see, when you meet Jesus, when, when it is made known to you. I love, it. I love how he says that. that the, this is what the angels made known to us. When the Holy Spirit moves and works in your heart and reveals to you, makes known to you who Jesus is. This baby Jesus who we gather to celebrate today, uh, but, but the, the, not just in his birth, but in his life, in his teaching ministry, in his death, in his resurrection, in his commands after his resurrection. When the Lord reveals to you who Jesus is and you encounter him, you do the same thing as the shepherds. And you come to worship. Well, we, we talked about this just, just uh, two weeks ago. That when we, when we experience Jesus, we know Jesus, the, the result is worship. That our uh, adoration, our affection is placed on him. You know, we received gifts this morning. And we're thankful for gifts that, that we would have received. We're going to adore those gifts. We're going we're gonna to have even affection towards those gifts but those gifts will get old those gifts will break some of your gifts have probably broken already um, they're going to need new batteries they're going to they're lose their luster and that is not Jesus Jesus will not break Jesus will not leave you Jesus will not forsake you Jesus will be there he is worthy of our worship and we often think of worship when we gather and we sing corporately it's absolutely true that we gather and to sing corporately, we gather to worship. But he's worthy of our worship every day. That it would be every day that it's Jesus that we are trusting in and not in false idols are the things of the world. And so when we encounter Jesus, our faith leads us to worship. I, I mentioned this last night. When I talked about Nazareth, and can anything good come out of Nazareth? And how the, the Lord, over and over in Scripture, uses the shameful things in the world, the lowly things in the world, to shame the wise. And here again, I think there's something pretty incredible here. that Who did God get to come worship at the feet of Jesus first? But shepherds. Now, here's what you need to know about shepherds. Shepherds, they were, they were essentially the second up. If you, if you were to think about societal classes, and, and, and as they existed then, the very bottom rung of the ladder would be lepers. It would be the leper colonies, the people with leprosy. Just above the lepers would have been the shepherds. The most disrespected, the most looked down on people. And so yet again, we see that the Lord uses the lowly things of the world to shame the wise. The very ones who, who come. And man, is that not good news for us? That, that me, a sinner who ran from God, who rebelled against God, who had hatred in my heart towards God. God being rich in mercy not giving me the punishment that I deserved. 
God being rich in grace, giving me his unmerited favor, knowing that I did nothing to earn it or to deserve to be a child of God, but yet God, being rich in mercy, reached down and made known to me the beauty of the gospel, that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for us. And the fact that the God uses the lowly things in the world, that, that God raises up the lowly things, is good news for me. It's good news for you, that no matter what you've done, no matter your sin, God's unmerited favor is there for those who call on him as Lord and Savior. Those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart, God raised his son from the dead, will be saved. And it's good news. And so, we see this. Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. She pondered them. and The shepherds returned, and they, they lived out this life of worship, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Here's my next big idea, is that when you encounter Jesus, your worship leads to obedience. Your worship leads to obedience. The shepherds did what they were told, but so did Mary and Joseph. At the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given them by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. They didn't dare buck against the angel. They didn't dare disobey the angel. They named him Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who was and is and is to come. Emmanuel, God with us. And you think about all the names of Jesus. This is what they named him. This is what they, they did. Just like the shepherds who come and left glorifying and praising God. When we encounter Jesus, it leads us to obedience. Remember we said a few weeks ago that saving faith is faith that trusts it trusts that what the Lord says is true. And there's a certain level of saving faith that's passive. It means like we're just trusting. We realize that it is the Lord that saves. But it turns into an active obedience. Saving, uh, faith that saves is a, a, a trust, uh, trusting obedience that ends up in action. We say all the time that what God works in our heart works out. That we've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us, and um, that, that he's working in us, and that he's moving in, in us, and so that we're obedient to what he's called us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of, of, of God, not by works so that no one should boast, but we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so, again, when we encounter Jesus, it leads us to obedience. On Christmas morning, we are thankful that the good news has come in the baby Jesus. But we, when we look at the story of Jesus, we don't just look at the cradle. We look at the cross. We look at every bit of his life in between. We look at his commands. We look at his, his ethics, his, his morals, and the things that he taught. And we say, hey... I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow him. Jesus said, whoever would come after me would deny himself, would take up his cross and follow him. 
And so that's what we do. And he gives us several commands in Scripture. This Jesus who was uh, born of the Virgin Mary, who lived this perfect life, is a revolutionary in the way that he, he taught, the way that he spoke with authority and power, not like the other teachers. And he died on that cross taking the, the punishment that he did not deserve, taking our punishment on him. He died the death he did not deserve, being put into the grave and raised again on the third day. And so uh, when we look at the scriptures, we look at what we're to be obedient to. Man, there's, there's several things that, that we know, right? We should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. We should love our neighbor as ourself. We know that we should, we should fulfill the Great Commission that um, we should take the gospel to the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching the Bible, teaching to obey. But there's yet another thing that he told us to do as we gather. He told us to take communion. He told us to take the Lord's Supper. And that's why we're going to do it this morning. And in obedience to Jesus... Matthew 26, it's, there's, it's in multiple Gospels, but I, I like the account in Matthew. It says this, Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of this vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So he's telling them, my body is going to be crushed for you. My blood is going to be shed for you. And so take this, do this in remembrance of me. Yes, we remember Christ and his birth this Christmas, but we, wanna, we want to um, remember his death, burial, and resurrection this morning. Now, we have instructions on how we're all to do this. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread and, and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, he gives us a qualification of how we ought to do it. So the worthy manner is those who are right with Christ, who have professed Christ as Lord, who have faith in Christ, who have been obedient to Christ, not those who are being disobedient. He warns us. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And so today as we come, as we respond today, this Christmas morning, we're going to respond by taking communion. And this is an opportunity to, to, to examine yourself, to examine, am I following Christ? 
have I placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ? If you haven't, I would say, man, where no one's looking around. No one's going to know who's taking communion or who isn't taking communion. So if you've not followed Christ, this, is, this, is, this would be weird to do something that's symbolic of, of, of eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood. This is for the Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, you say, I've followed Christ. I've placed my faith and trust in Christ. The next, the next question is, are you living your life in a, in a worthy manner? Have you repented of sin? Are you harboring sin? This is a chance to examine your life and to repent, to turn, and to say, no, I'm trusting and following you, Jesus. This Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, living this perfect, spotless life, doing all these miracles and all these radical teachings, following you, Jesus, to examine yourself. As we sing, as we come, go ahead and ask uh, Josh and, and crew to come back up, and as we sing this morning to evaluate your life, are you following Christ? Is Jesus Lord? Is this good news to you, or are you scared to let go? If that's you, you're saying, I am. I, I would just urge you today, I would tell you, man, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Let go. Call him Lord. Call him Savior. We, we, we talked about last night that we want to be emperor of our own lives, but it is a path to destruction. Turn loose. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your, on, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make you straight your paths. Go ahead and stand with me. So, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, asking you that you would bless the cup and the bread as we take it this morning. Lord, that you would meet with us here, that you would meet with us in this moment, that, Lord, you would save in this moment, that you would grant faith in this moment, that you would encourage us as we walk with you this morning. And so, Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. So take some time, reflect, pray, examine yourself, and when you're ready, come take of the cup.